morning again. I'm Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to see you all here. I love worshiping with you. We love hearing your voices as we sing praises to God together. It's so encouraging. It's my privilege to read today's scripture, which comes from Acts chapter 14, verses 19 to 23. Please give your full, undivided attention to the reading of God's holy word. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. This is the word of God at this time. Let us now give our attention to the preaching of God's holy word. Thank you, Pastor Deepan. Thanks be to God for his holy word, the reading of it. It is so good to be back. Not only to be able to worship with you, but to deliver God's word. Uh, every August, I get a little summer break for study break. I'm not just chilling and goofing off the whole time, but really being able to uh, capture more of what God may be doing and wanting to do through CCSC into the fall, into, the, into uh, this next year. I do not take it for granted. Thank you for the break. I so appreciate it. Today, here's the title, Vision for Church Planting. The title captures where we're headed, and I believe where God is leading us into, a vision for church planting. CCSC, the full name is Christ Central of Southern California. We were birthed from the English ministry of Cerritos Presbyterian Church back in October 2011. We became a church by ordaining, electing our own first elders, Brian Kim, Kevin Yee, Phil Russell, along with myself. That's how we came to be as an independent church. That was the culmination of many, many prayers, so much support, sacrifices, blessings from our parent church, Cerritos Presbyterian Church, along with our core members and servant leaders, all the way from 11 years back. We had two main motivations in mind. First was to mature. We wanted to fully grow up. We wanted to mature by taking ownership and by making our own mistakes. Right? If you own a house, you take care of it a little better than when you rent a house. If you own a car, you take care of it a little better than when you rent a car. We wanted to mature by taking ownership. Second, Second main motivation was to fulfill our mission. A mission statement is how or the strategy or what you do, what you go about to fulfill your vision. And our mission back then is the same as it is today. It's to invite friends. Just invite all our, all our family and friends, neighbors, so that they could hear and see and be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Our mission is that friends would hear and see and be changed by the gospel of Jesus. Six years ago, CCSE launched its multi-site campus, a multi-site model to accommodate her growth over in Artesia, as well as to fulfill our mission, to invite more friends. Now in Orange County, as you might see before us here, six years have passed since we first launched at Valencia High School, but we settled into our original favorite location, which was right here. We're so thankful for Hope International University here in, in Fullerton. They have been nothing but good to us. That was six years ago. Well, today I am thrilled to announce what's next. Here's what's next for CCSA. We are church planting. Oh, wild guess from the title. Wow, what a surprise, Pastor. But it's right there in the title. We are church planting. Church planting, truth be told, has long been my vision and passion. Long before I was called to come serve you here in Artesia and Fullerton. And it is the New Testament and most effective way to spread the gospel, to share the gospel, and to build up the kingdom of God. Of which, multi-siding was just a bridge. Church planting, all of our leadership knows, has long been our vision. But multi-siding was an initial stage. Over this past year, with unanimous joy, no exaggeration there. Down to the last woman and man, unanimous joy, like ecstatic joy. And prayerful confirmation of the leadership of CCSC, I'm here to announce we are commissioning Pastor Daniel Dinko Kim and his wife Priscilla Kim to church plant. To church plant. Three whys today, at least from me. Three whys. Why is church planting better than what we used to do? Multi-siding. Three whys first. Church planning is the New Testament, those final 27 books of the Holy Scriptures. It is the New Testament vision for spreading the gospel and for building up the kingdom of God best. The final cl climactic command from Jesus, we may call it the Great Commission. It ends the gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus commands all of his people. You should go all the way to the ends of the earth to make disciples. Convert, train, teach, make disciples. Stu disciples are students and followers of Jesus Christ. It's synonymous with Christian. Disciples not a special category. It's not a second stage. It's not an elevated super status. Disciple equals Christian. So, Jesus' final command is go make Christians. Go make disciples. But then he goes on to command baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you see, one of the vital sure signs that you are making real disciples, students and followers of Jesus, is that it must happen in the context of baptizing each and every one into a local church. Because here's what happens in baptisms. We have baptisms. In baptism, you make a public confession that Jesus Christ 
lived for you. That Jesus Christ died for your sins. That Jesus Christ was raised. Thereby proving he is God. He's more than human. And by him being raised, all your sins have been buried forevermore. As far as the east is from the west, your sins cannot come out and haunt and call you or accuse you ever, ever again. Jesus lived and died and was raised again. That is the gospel, the good news of a substitute Savior. I don't know of any better news I could ever share for the rest of my life. Nothing else I could obsess more over. Nothing else I could put on my social media then the gospel the good news is that jesus christ lived and died and was raised for me it's not about what i have done or what i have failed to do but all about what jesus has done and what he has done for me so that i might be perfectly and forever loved and forgiven and adored and destined and filled and led and blessed by God. In baptism, you confess that, that that is true of you. But also in baptism, you make a public commitment that you belong to his people called the church. That you will worship, grow with, love with, serve with, and become a much more powerful witness to a dying world. We are much more of a better witness with the people of God than we are solo. So, what is the vision of the Holy Scriptures in the New Testament? Church planting is the New Testament vision for spreading the gospel and for fulfilling the prayer, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. How? Church plant. Church plant. Notice Apostle Paul, foremost greatest missionary. I don't know if you can really argue that next to Jesus. He never made a convert and he never made a disciple without planting churches. Apostle Paul never made converts or disciples without planting churches. There were three stages we might find just in the passages that we read. Look at verses 19 to 21. Look at verses 19 to 21. I'll read it again for us. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they incited a mob. They lit a fire for a riot. They stoned Paul. Dragged him out of the city. They stoned him so bad. Supposing that he was dead. They left him for dead. You see, they thought there's no way he could have survived that. But when the disciples gathered about him, Paul, he rose up, entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Beginning next week, we officially launch our sermon series in the book of Acts. That is highly intentional, of course. But we're just going to give a little bit of an introduction to it today in Acts chapter 14. But notice this. Verse, they had preached the gospel to that city. Paul and the early believers, the early converts. The Greek word is euangelion. It literally means to gospelize a city. It's like a flood, a tsunami. You know, we've had a lot of flooding, right? Climate change, a lot of dry land, a lot of rain that comes, all extreme extremities of weather. But you want to imagine, you're taking the good news, the most powerful, life-saving 
message from God himself that Jesus is your substitute savior. And what the early believers simply did was they just, they just kind of saturated. They kind of flooded. They flooded their community, their city with that good news. One of the tricky things about the book of Acts is you got to decide which part should we copy and which part should we avoid. I mean, needless to say, right? We should not copy Apostle Paul getting stoned. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. We should not copy or imitate Paul getting stoned so bad that he was left for dead. Let's avoid that. I mean, the book of Acts is not there for you to go out and say, masochist, I'm going to look for stoning. I'm going to look for persecution. Let me just be reckless so that I can suffer for Christ. No, that, I don't think you should copy that part. But this part you really should copy. We really must recover. Saturating. It should be normal. It should be casual and formal. It should be public and private. It should be one-on-one, -on -one, small group, hanging out after a soccer game, going to a restaurant, or you happen to invite that friend to a church event. We should be gospelizing. We should be euangelion evangelizing. After all, that's why one of the main purposes we were saved. Evangelize for conversions. This is what Apostle Paul did. This is what the early believers did. That's stage one. That is stage one to the New Testament vision for spreading the gospel. Evangelize. All the folks here, if you profess you believe and follow Jesus... If you profess that you believe and follow Jesus, do you not know you have the greatest life-giving, life-changing message known to all of humanity? Share it. Refer to it. Point to it. Invite people to it. Show it. Evangelize. That's stage one. Here's number two. Here's number two. Look at verse 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples. Paul returned to certain cities. He returned to young fledgling churches, to new converts. Strengthening them, also encouraging them to continue in the faith. And saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. My friends, in one perspective, none of us really can predict or guarantee that everyone who says that they believe and follow Jesus will continue and finish well. Here, according to this verse, it says, for all of you, inevitably, there will be many tribulations. Maybe in America and the West, it's not outright persecution, violence, visible, are you for Christ or against Christ? Maybe those days are coming. But just as sinister and tempting are the tribulations of busyness, complacency, affluence, boredom, restlessness, chasing money, chasing your reputation, building a great suburb family. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, how are you going to make it to the end? Notice it's a we. We must, not me. Strengthening the souls, plural. Now, so evidently, Apostle Paul came back to these young gatherings 
and they got them together, he would have them congregate. You must gather together again and again and again. And I take great comfort as one of your pastors that in the very churches that Paul, Apostle Paul started and planted, that they themselves required constant strengthening, encouraging, courage giving, reminding, teaching, and guiding as they gathered together. Stage one of the New Testament vision. How do you spread the gospel best? How does thy kingdom come? Church planting. Stage one, evangelize. Stage two, congregate into what you call churches. When Apostle Paul, it says in verse 21, returned. What a key word. What a key word. Why would he return? Do you know where he returned to? To the very place that had stoned him and had left him, left him for dead. Then, in fact, he returned to Iconium and Antioch, the origins of the Jewish leaders who had stirred up that riot in Lystra. He took it at personal risk to return back to young, precious believers because he knew how much they needed to be strengthened and encouraged and reminded and guided, or else they might not make it all the way to the end. Stage one, evangelize. Stage two, congregate. Stage three. Stage three. Three to the New Testament vision, verse 23. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. I'm going to call this recognize, recognize leaders whom God has already chosen and has raised and organize them into churches. Recognize and organize. How did Apostle Paul, as he traveled and witnessed to the Gentiles, continue to care for young and precious believers who had now become congregations or churches? In each location, we find it right in verse 23. In every location, Paul appointed a plurality, several, collection, a number of, not a dictator, a plurality, an assembly, gathering of elders or leaders with fasting and prayer. Now, why would you fast and pray? So that you can clear your head and so that you and I can de decipher, oh, I really like him. I really like her. Oh, I think they'd be a great person to lead this church. Mm. That's not why you fast and pray. Fast and pray so that you would discern and align whom God has already chosen. Whom God is electing to the people. It's not up to me or you. For fasting and praying, we are discerning who are the folks who are filled by the Holy Spirit who will care for this church in a way that Apostle Paul cared for it. Show me the leaders who will care for a church the way that the church planter would care. Show me the leaders that would care for a church that would care the way that Jesus cared. Our chief shepherd. The way that Jesus cared. Three stages to the New Testament vision. If it juices you up in any way that you want the gospel to be spread and shared to a dying world. Evangelize, congregate, recognize, and organize.
Back in verse 22, the early believers were called disciples, again, students and followers of Jesus. But then by the end of verse 23, did you notice that? Or halfway through, sorry, they're called a church. Verse 22, they're called disciples. Oh, individual Christians. By verse 23, they have been recognized in their leadership, organic and local, and then organized into a church. Also, evidently, according to verse 23, to remain committed to the Lord, to remain committed to the Lord means to love and respect and follow and honor the elders and the leaders that God has appointed and chosen through prayer and fasting at your local church. Ah. Oh, Pastor Harold, you guys church planning now because just thought there'd be a new thing to do, kind of fresh and trendy. Uh, not at all. This has been established from long ago where the early church filled with the Holy Spirit of God, knew that the greatest life-changing, history-changing movement that has ever occurred is to plant churches who love and worship Jesus Christ. Three stages. That happened to align actually with three key pillars of our own vision. First stage, what is it again? Evangelize. Evangelize with what? With the gospel of Jesus. Make Jesus front and center. Please show that every area of your life somehow revolves around its influence. It's affected by Jesus in some way. Evangelize with the gospel of Jesus. Second, congregate. Congregate. Second key pillar of our church, community. You will not make it solo. This is not an individual endeavor. It's not an American enterprise. It's not a Western thing. It is a global cosmic thing. And from the start, it has always been about the people of God congregating, communing with God by communing with one another, called a church. Third, third, recognize leaders and organize them into a church. Recognize and organize a church under servant leaders who are just moved with compassion. Moved and filled by the Holy Spirit of compassion. And when those three converge, I know it's September 11th. When those three come together, it is ground zero for the greatest life-giving movement we have ever seen, church planning. So here's the first why we are transitioning from a multi-site church to campuses in Artesia and here at Fullerton to a church planting churches. We want to become a mother church who plant churches. Reason number one, it's the New Testament vision. Here's reason number two. Church plants best attract and reach non-believers and the non-churched. I was drilled by this. Sonny and I, when our girls were about three and one, back in 2006, we went through a church planting assessment center. It's like a boot camp, a military boot camp, three or four days without your kids. It's like a Christian version of American Idol. They make you sing and dance and perform, and they rate you up and down. And they give you 360s. It was an invaluable learning experience for Sonny and I. And there, here's what we learned over and over and over and over and over again. New churches, startup churches, 
tend to attract non-believers and non-church on average about three to six times more than older churches. Here's an interesting stat. Only one in 10 new members of churches over 15 years old. CCSC is 11 years old. We're getting there. Only one in 10 new members of churches over 15 years old are previously non-Christian or non-churched. While in new churches, it is one in every three or even two out of three. New churches attract and reach non-believers and non-churched better. Yesterday, I, I have the privilege of leading a membership class. About 15 or 16 there, and I just kind of scanned the room, and I welcomed and loved the people that are coming. Most people are coming to CCSC because they said they are so amazed and blessed by the gospel of Jesus that is made clear. Thanks be to God. But I also found that, no, that's, that kind of holds true. true. Maybe one out of ten were maybe previously unchurched or non-believing to begin with. Why would this be? New churches are much more poised and focused on outreach and more sensitive to questions and needs of those who have yet to become part of a church community who worships and loves Jesus. Uh, city to City, which is a movement, one of its founders, and none other than the author and pastor Tim Keller, he also observes new churches also best reach new generations, new residents, and new people groups. Reason number one, why church planning is better than multi-siting. It is a New Testament vision. Reason number two, it best attracts and reaches non-church and non-believers. Reason number three, and I'm done for my part here. Number three, for today at least. Church plants recognize and raise new leaders. Church plants much better recognize and raise new leadership. The church planting model is frankly... Just a lot better than a multi-siting model. I'll explain that a little bit more in about two weeks. But the quality of people always break or make a model. You can have the best model, but if you don't have the good, right people, it'll ruin the model. You can have a poor model, but if you have the greatest and best people, you're actually going to do a lot more in advance and succeed than maybe you might have expected. Church plants are like startups they will allow for and invite a higher percentage of people who value evangelism if you have non-believing friends you really have non-believing friends you stayed in contact with non-believing friends thanks be to god you are prime candidate number one if you value and you want to carry out more evangelism in your lifestyle you like newness you like risk you want to be more future-oriented. You're about innovation. You want to start from scratch all over. Wonderful. Join and become a part of our church plant. Or you can step up and renew and revitalize CCSC here. Many who otherwise never felt compelled to or allowed to or they never felt like they needed it. Like some of you still think again that CCSC kind of has, oh pretty good they've got it all together i don't know why they would need someone like me but when a startup happens you get thrown into significant ministry now because now you really feel like you can contribute you're really needed you're valued which otherwise you may have never done apart from a startup or a church plant church plants 
raise and recognize new leaders. There's a higher volatility, too, to that core team, of course, that Dinko and I have talked about for some time. Well, today, as I'm about to turn it over to Pastor Daniel Dinko Kim, I can tell you safely that God has used CCSE to attract and recognize and raise outstanding, godly, and gifted leaders. But we are now commissioning two of our very best, our absolute best, and we should send our best. It's Daniel Dinko and his wife, Priscilla. Daniel Dinko has been serving with me after he did some mission work in China since 2010. And in a generation and in a culture of where people want Insta everything. Insta everything. I've been so amazed and blessed uh, to see in him and his wife grow and shine through all kinds of ups and downs, joys and sorrows, mountaintops and valleys, stresses, transitions. I've seen him grow in problem solving. I've seen him and his wife grow in the most rewarding, but sometimes most challenging of all in ministry, which is people shepherding. People shepherding. But they have my and all of our leadership's respect and trust and confidence. They are our pride and joy. They are pride and joy because in their character and conduct, at least over the last 12 years, I know without a shadow of doubt, they love Jesus and his gospel and they love people. And we get to commission them now. We get to begin to commission them now. I told uh, Pastor Daniel about a year ago when we started casting this vision. I told him, dear brother, I want you to meditate on this passage from Jeremiah chapter 1. And as I read this, I'm going to invite Pastor Daniel Dinko up to share as well. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 8. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. One of my prayers is that this very passage would emblaze and light a fire upon this brother's heart, embolden and carry them from this day forward. Would you welcome with me Pastor Daniel Dinko Kim now as he comes to share. First of all, uh, want to say I am so grateful for all the love and care I and my family have received from this church throughout the last 12 years that I've served as a pastor here. Uh, and of course, we're so especially grateful to the leadership of CCSE, especially Pastor Harold and our elders who have provided so much support and care and their vote of confidence uh, during this season as we envision church planning together. 
And this is such a big news that we decided we're going to give you two full-length sermons today. Uh, because this is just, we have to, you know, bring it home. Now, I, I kid, of course, uh, as you continue to process what Pastor Harold shared, I want to just tell you some of the more of the specifics of our, our plans for church planning. Uh, I'm going to give you the who, what, when, where, and why. I'm just going to give it to you in uh, reverse order. And I'm going to start with the why, and it's, that's the easiest one, the shortest one, because Pastor Harold just gave you a good amount of that why uh, in all that he shared. I'm just going to reiterate, reiterate a few points. The main is this, to be best positioned to reach many with the gospel. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're doing what, that's why we want to be church planting in Artesia. That's also why we want, we want to be a church planting church here in Fullerton. To be best positioned to reach many with the gospel. By being two churches rather than two campuses, it allows us to be more local and focused in the way we do our ministries. We're not, we're not stretched out. It's not about breadth, but it's about depth. It allows us to be more personal, more present, more embodied, something that we've been feeling the, such a great need for ever since the, pandem- the pandemic. All for the sake of greater gospel ministry. Uh, and I want to reiterate, as Pastor Hill shared, this is not a new desire this is, this is very old. This is from the New Testament. But even for our church, church planning, as Pastor Hill shared, was always a part of his own personal vision. And once again, even when we launched this multi-site model way back in 2016, that's not so far away, but it's also not so recent. It was always envisioned as a bridge towards what we're doing now. And lastly, church planning allows for new leaders to be raised up, for new vision, direction, a recommitment to the Great Commission. That's the why. Here's the where. Here's the where. The church plant will continue to meet where the Artesia campus is currently located, Cerritos Presbyterian Church, where we, where we will also continue our partnership with CPC, that interdependent relationship. And I do want to just spend a brief moment sharing that uh, our relationship with CPC, with Cerritos Presbyterian Church, the Korean church that birthed CCSE, Our relationship with them has been better than ever in recent years. They have been such a blessing to us. They have been such a blessing to me. When we shared the news about our church plant vision, the leadership, the senior pastor of CPC, as well as the elders, they were so supportive, so affirming. And we want to continue that partnership. That's the where. The when. I'm sure you're wondering this. Our proposed launch launch date is March 5th, 2023. In about six months. That's not tomorrow, but it's also not super far away. Uh, I, I like it like that. And we have been, you know, we, this has been something we've been praying for, preparing for, for the past year, more than a year actually. And yet there's still a lot more preparing, a lot more praying to be done. Uh, and as we continue to add more founding members to our launch team, this is exactly what we'll be doing for the next six months. That's the when, March 5th. What? Hopefully it's clear by now, but we want to make it extra clear. Two campuses will become two churches. At Fullerton will be CCSE here uh, with Pastor Harold. At Artesia will be the church plant uh, with myself. And another way to look at it is we're tra- CCSE is transitioning from a multi-site church with two campuses into a church planting church. And it, it excites me so much that what we're doing now is just the beginning. Lord willing, of course, with his blessing, with the movement of the Holy Spirit, this is something we, can, we don't have to just do once, just at Artesia. 
just Fullerton, just our teacher. No, we get to do this again and again by the grace of God. Planting churches, sending people out, sending our best out, sending our best pastors, our best servants, our best leaders, our best members for the sake of the gospel so that we are once again best positioned to reach many with the gospel. I, I, I don't neglect the fact that there might be some of you here who are actually asking, okay, I've heard the word church planting so many times today. What exactly is a church plant? And I think Pastor Harold used a great word as an analogy. Uh, he used the word startup. A church plant is simply a new church that does not have elders yet and that relies on the financial support of others. Just like how a startup relies on investments in our case, CCSE will be financially supporting this church plant for the first few years. It's a great, healthy model. What a wonderful blessing that is. And once again, just as Paul and Barnabas in our passage today, as they appointed elders in these churches, it excites me so much. It's so hope-giving. So, uh, it, just, it juices me to consider that in the years to come, the Lord will raise up, recognize, train, and ordain New elders, new officers that we will ordain and install, new deacons, shepherdesses, deaconesses. That's what church planning is all about. That is the beauty of church planning. That's the what. Who? Well, you're definitely looking at one of the people thus far. Myself and Priscilla are being commissioned. But this is not any uh, individual endeavor. We also are sending two of our CCSE's ordained deacons, beloved deacons, John P. Lee and Jay Go. We are also sending a committed group of lay leaders and members made up of people from both the Fullerton campus and the Artesia campus. I am so grateful for these people who have already committed, who have heard the news in advance, core leaders who, who I've spoken with in advance, and they've already committed to this church plant months ago. And I do want to say this, and Pastor Harold will reiterate as well, and he will, he will confirm. Anyone and everyone is fair game to be part of this church plant. This is not just news for the Artesia campus. This is not just an Artesia campus thing. This is a CCSC thing. This is a great commission thing. This is a gospel thing. And so for those at Artesia, I'm going to tell them, I'm not going to assume their commitment. It doesn't happen just automatically by default. But for you here at Fullerton, I will say this. Please don't think, yeah, oh, that's an Artesia thing. This call goes out to all of us here to consider. If the thought of being part of a new church where we are setting the vision, setting the precedent, setting the culture, where we're evangelizing like never before, where we're reaching, trying to reach people like never before, where uh, things are definitely smaller, where things are definitely simpler, but it's all about the gospel. Please consider being part of this launch team. If you feel the Lord's calling, if this excites you at all, if this interests you at all. And with that being said, I, I will note that we will have interest meetings next Sunday. If you have even a, a hint of interest, if you have any questions, if you're wondering about this church planning endeavor, please join us next Sunday. It'll be at both campuses right after the service, right here in the worship area. I'll be here to share a little more of the vision as well as uh, address your questions. Join us next Sunday for these interest meetings. And quite simply, as Pastor Hill did share, we got to send our best. We got to send our best. 
That is the beauty of church planting, that we send our best. And as, as great committed members of our church go out to form this new church, we don't just say goodbye, but we also say, now I need to step up. All these people have gone. I want to step up for the sake of the Great Commission. This, this church planting thing is not just for the sent church, but it's also for the sending church. For all of us, whether you go or whether you stay, to be re-galvanized, re-committed once again to reaching many with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's simply what we're doing. That's what all of this is for, for the sake of reaching many with the gospel. I want to just draw our attention before I close uh, to uh, one part of our passage in Acts chapter 14, starting from verse 21. Near the end of that passage I see on the bottom of the screen, it says this. When they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, and then going on to verse 22, it says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in their faith. That's what this is about. That's why we're doing this. As we plant in Artesia, as the Artesia campus becomes a new church with a new name, new vision, new direction, new leadership. Why are we doing it? We're doing it so that many disciples of Jesus Christ would be made. That many new disciples would be made. And then for those who are already disciples, we're doing this so that they would be strengthened. Their souls would be strengthened. That they would be encouraged in their faith and guess what? Not only at Artesia, but also at Fullerton. Why are we sending? Why are we sending a church plant? So that the sending church would also step up once again to make many new disciples. Whether it's one out of ten or one out of three. We want to make new disciples. And for the disciples who are here, we want to strengthen each other's souls. And we want to encourage each other's faith. That's the goal. That's the plan. That's the reason. And I will promise you that, or I will rather not promise you, that any of this will be easy. No one will promise you that this will be easy, what we're trying to do. It's a big endeavor. No one will promise you that uh, this will all be smooth. After all, uh, Pastor Andrew shared beautifully last Sunday about even suffering for the sake of the gospel. In our passage, we also read, once again, not to be emulated, but that Paul was even stoned for the sake of the gospel. And why would this man be willing to be stoned almost to the point of death for this message, for this gospel? It's because this gospel is the story of the one who did go actually all the way to death on a cross for you and for me, so that we can now belong to God and to one another. And what we're trying to do now is help bring that belonging to those who don't have it through the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a big thing we're doing. I humbly ask for so much prayer. Please be praying for us like never before. Be praying for those who go. Be praying that you might be someone who goes. And whether you go or stay, be praying that this gospel would be made known to many, that many new disciples would be made, that disciples would be strengthened and encouraged.
Let's pray together. Would you join me in prayer now for our dear brother, his servant, his messenger, along with his wife, Priscilla, as now this vision goes forth and public announcement, Holy Spirit would guide and lead every step of the way, all the while revitalizing all of his churches, even calling you to go. Let me lead us in a prayer now. God, we thank you that the word of your gospel and your Holy Spirit is unstoppable. It's simply irresistible. It travels throughout the world and maybe although its focus may have shifted from the West, we cry out for your mercy, for your unction, that we too still might be involved with all of your purposes. Your kingdom come. As it is unveiled, Father, we pray for Daniel Dinko, for Priscilla, for Emery. We pray, O oh God, for all of the unction, strength, wisdom, guidance, provision, comfort, resilience, forgiveness, vision casting, O oh Lord, endurance, patience, all the fruit of Christ's likeness would come to bear. Lord, we pray that you would bring them continually before you on their knees as you do for us. Knowing that all of it is in vain unless you build a house. All that we do is in vain. We pray and thank you. We trust that in this mission that you have cast before us, you will accompany us. You have promised all authority has been given to you and you have delegated that to your servant, Dinko. Your presence will follow him from this day and forevermore. Pray for protection from lies and discouragement or division. We pray, O oh God, that it might go forth with new power, the way that they would minister the gospel, not only preach and teach, but serve it with their hands, serve it with their bodies, the way that they would reach the local community to be a shining light and salt to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for the joy that we get to have now as we commission together your servant, along with his wife, and this precious core team that has been gathering by your leading, O oh Lord. And Lord, I now pray, you've asked us to pray the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, would you call? Even each and every one right here, right now. Each one, O oh Lord, stir a prayer in our hearts. Lord, would you, would you, are you calling me? Do you want me to go to Artesia, to Taiwan, Cambodia, Indonesia, wherever you would have me go, oh Lord, I will follow. So Lord, would you raise, put a fire upon not only Dinko's heart and his core team, but many more now to come in the interest meetings. May your vision go forth with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we rejoice. Thank you, O oh God, for this dear brother and his family. We praise you that you're building your kingdom so perfectly well in your time. As we continue to worship you, O oh Lord, move us. Fill us now again with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, let's give a hand. Celebrate Pastor Dinko here in the church plan here.